welcome to potentially our last soundtrack summer this is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time i know i say that about every show but this is one that like i still i can very vividly picture for every song that comes out what you know what uh scene it's in and i remember most of the songs from the film and the film like kt turnstall suddenly i see that is potentially one of the more iconic opening sequences of any film ever not to be dramatic but i don't know i really like it i think it's great um yeah i don't know i think that this soundtrack is very very special so let's just get into specifics so it was directed by david frankel wonderful director it was written um based on a novel but the screenplay was written by aline broche mckenna who is one of my favorite screenwriters um she hasn't done like I guess, I don't want to say a ton, but she's done a lot of different things, like, within the production area, but my favorite thing, other thing that she's written was, uh, she co-created Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is actually a musical show, and I was considering doing a show about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but that really relies on being able to play the music, so I, I don't know, I need to also get better at networking, because it'd be very cool to have some of these people let me play the music and, like, talk to me, and so I'll see what happens, but yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out again, but she's a wonderful screenwriter. She did a wonderful job on this show. Um, yeah, let's move on. So, the music supervisor was Julia Michaels. So, Julia Michaels, wonderful human being, did A Star is Born, All the Pitch Perfects, Trolls, Bad Moms, great soundtrack, by the way, on Bad Moms, Sex in the City, Sex in the City 2, Marley and Me, just very, very, um, consistent in her work and very diverse in her work as well um every soundtrack that i have heard like you have a star is born but you also have pitch perfect which are original songs versus um covers which are two obviously very different things and then you have like i don't know you have like sex in the city which is kind of a similar vibe to devil wears prada but they do have very different song choices that impact the films in very very different ways so i actually think that that huh, i think the dichotomy between the sex and the city f- films yes they are the films and devil wears prada is incredibly interesting because they have similar vibes like young woman working in new york like what's her life like what is the what is the vibe for that that's like the middle of the 2000s that kind of thing and the music is almost completely different Like, the Devil Wears Prada soundtrack does draw a lot from music and sonic elements of the time, so kind of a lot of upbeat pop that is almost a little bit more quote-unquote indie, but this soundtrack draws a lot more from, a lot more in my opinion, from older, like, uh, I guess genres of music. So, like, you have Madonna, there's a lot of, Madonna's not old, but like, you have Vogue, which came out, like, you know, like what 1990 or something like that um but it has that element of fashion and it has that element of i guess glamour and you have very specific songs chosen for very specific themes that have a consistency within the theme of the film but are all very diverse in their genre because they need to be diverse for the different scenes so you have like city of blinding lights by u2 which is about paris and it has the whole vibe of wonder and beauty and like 
oh, you look so beautiful tonight in the city of blinding lights. And it's this beautiful, like, montage sequence of Andy sort of driving through, um, did I mess her name up? No, I didn't. Wow. Hi. Um, sort of driving through Paris and experiencing it for the first time. And it's this very big moment for her. It's this very euphoric song. Um, but you also have a lot of sort of fashion vogue. I don't even want to say ballroom influences but you have a lot of that sort of um i want to say like club backbeat i don't know that's a weird thing to say but like vogue by madonna is a very 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 good example of that because it highlights the sort of high fashion the almost elitism that exists in it um you you take a song that was very popular in like the queer community and meant a lot to a lot of people and like madonna is a lgbtq plus icon and you use that song in high fashion which maybe this is a reach but it the high fashion specifically in my opinion the like mid-2000s does draw a lot from that queer culture from ballroom that kind of situation so you have a lot of overlap in musical choices as well in this show and in general and the way that we portray fashion and sort of um uh i guess um glamour and aesthetics with ballroom culture of the 70s 80s 90s even and the that sort of signals to the listener if they're aware of it that a lot of this does come from like queer culture which i think is very interesting maybe that is too much of a read into it maybe that was just a song that was chosen because of its associations with high fashion and because of its beats and sonic elements but the beats and sonic elements draw a lot from the ballroom scene and so does fashion. So I think that's an interesting correlation. Other songs on the soundtrack that I find pretty interesting in terms of, I don't, I don't know, pretty interesting. Ooh, so such a good insight. Um, you have, again, you have a lot of, not a lot, but you have multiple Madonna songs. You have um, Alanis Morissette and Katie Turnstall. Katie Tunstall. Wow, love it here. Katie Tunstall, who is that kind of they're that kind of like 2000s girl vibe you know like not totally almost a little bit more 90s almost a little bit more um it's not like riot girl influence but it's very indie um there's a lot of 90s influence in this mid 2000s release genre of female singers. There's a lot of rock, there's a lot of like punk influence, but there's also a lot of um like upbeat pop. Like it's an interesting combination. Like I was talking about last week or 2 weeks ago, I guess, last show Scream Queens how you have this sort of um upbeat upbeat girl pop of the 80s and then in dead to me you have a lot of like what did i call them like uh uh soft pop female singers or something like that and this is sort of that type of situation so you have a lot of female singers who are of the era and very of the pop of the era but the era itself has influence from indie and has influence from rock and a lot of popular music in the mid 2000s especially with like um it's like mostly single female singers like less eh, I don't want to say less with bands but specifically this was a very um popular sound and it draws a lot from 90s influence which I think like 80s draws a lot from like late 70s like it, it's this cycle 
And so, I don't know, it works very well, in my opinion. And I think Alanis Morissette and KT Tunstall specifically capture the sort of naivete of Andy and the way that she navigates the world. Like, it's a very, like, if you think about Suddenly I See, she's getting ready, but she's juxtaposed with all these high fashion women who are getting ready and they're putting on lipstick and making, they're all very beautiful. And Andy, like, throws on a sweater and, like, has some chapstick and, like, walks into this interview completely like I don't want to say unprepared but she's very different and that's very obvious but you have this song that is considered to be incredibly okay I'm frustrated that chatbot's not working I'm going to just share the playlist because it might just be easier for everybody to know what I'm talking about but got my own chat rules thank you sweaty um but it has again that popular sound so like suddenly I see is a very hopeful song it's like uh this is what I'm supposed to be like um this is like my time really great but it's juxtaposed with these very beautiful women who are the people that Andy has to sort of compete against and like she's obviously very different from so it just makes a lot of sense to put this sort of girl pop rock into it because these songs are very uplifting in their tone um yeah I, especially I, I think about Alanis Morissette a lot I love Alanis Morissette like I adore um and her sound is incredibly like I don't know how to say it but it's very it juxtaposes or juxtaposes, it sort of um utilizes both uh riot girl um vocal influences and uh instrumental influences as well as um like soft indie girl pop from like the early 2000s and late 90s that sort of um I don't know like very uh I don't know and even a little bit from like the 70s in my opinion I don't know but like uh in general it's sort of a little bit influenced by to me she sounds like she's influenced by like Janis Joplin or like Sharon Van Eden and like other sort of these softer female singers that came before but were also technically considered part of the rock genre so if you have like Alanis Morissette put in here it has that good mix which allows again maybe I'm reading into it too much but it allows for this very nice sound that has a little bit more of an uncomfortable meaning because if you look into it more beyond the sound and the fact that the sound works very very well with the tone of the movie it's a little bit like you know like let's just read some lyrics from crazy by alanis morissette like just for kicks um please give me the lyrics crazy alanis morissette lyrics yeah like um we're never going to survive unless we get a little bit crazy. Like, in a sky full of people, only some want to fly. In a world f- full of people, like, in a heaven of people, there's only some want to fly. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, we're never going to do anything unless we get a little bit crazy. So that is literally what's occurring. Like, that is what is occurring on this show. Or on this, in this uh, film. So, all these songs, and I say this a lot with every show I do, but I personally believe that this is a really really important aspect in creating a meaningful soundtrack at least for me as a viewer is that these songs have this tone that fits really well 
with the visuals and the sort of emotional aspect of whatever scene or whatever montage it's scoring like air quotes like it is scoring it but it's I guess the background of or the focal point in terms of montages um but if you look into it a lot more it's not totally on the nose but it conveys a lot more about what's going on behind just the tone so I don't know I love that inclusion of indie rock girl pop from the 2005 like I don't know what else to call it Katie Tunstall Alanis Morissette that sort of thing and then you have a lot of upbeat music as well um oh gosh I just want to play this like I just want to play it oh this is rough but you have um some like late 90s music because you have to get the vibe what just happened I'm so sorry not Streamlabs being I'm so sorry um you but you have a lot of influence from this sort of grungy era because a lot of the songs are very you have this like big clash between these high fashion moments and like this glamour and this almost elitism of this world that like Andy has no idea how to fit into and feels like she has to conform and so as the soundtrack goes along you hear a lot of a lot fewer songs that are I guess more uh grungy and maybe grungy sounds wrong but like of the grunge era and more of like sort of high quote high fashion sounding songs and again like crazy comes in I believe when she is going to the gala and she's like having her first real like uh work experience that isn't at work so she gets to like escort Meryl Streep etc um and that still has that sense of wonder but again like it has that bad and scary tone like not bad tone but like the the it's very um it's a good amount of foreshadowing in those lyrics as to what's occurring and what will occur and I don't know I think it moves away a lot from male singers uh until the end where it has a lot of female singers um, I do want to talk about the actual score for a little bit as well. So the score for this was done by Theodore Shapiro, and he did a lot of stuff. So he did Bombshell, which came out last year, Ghostbusters remake, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which is one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. I really love it. Um, Tropic Thunder. Like the music supervisor, like Julia Michaels and Theodore Shapiro are like some of the like most like incredible people their uh credits are astounding and their diversity in genre is amazing and i think that's sort of what makes this special because if you listen to the suite from the devil wears prada it hits the genre because the suite from the devil wears prada is like how long yeah it's like six minutes and it's not like what is going on i am frustrated I'm so sorry. I don't know what's happening. I am annoyed. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Every time I click off of the Streamlabs thing to to confirm and check my notes, the whole screen moves over. Like I'm not even dragging anything. It just clicks off. Okay. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Um, I, I apologize to the person who left during that. Much love. Thank you for stopping by. But it has this um quality of being able to hit all of the genres 
in the narrative and almost play off the tropes in the narrative, but as well as hit all of the genres of music that, no, I'm so sorry. I really wish we had a slideshow element. That'd be awesome, but I'm, Streamlabs is really about to quit on me. I can just feel it. So I've just prepare yourself. I'm so sorry. But yeah, um, uh, uh, it hits a lot of the genres that the soundtrack can hit. Like the score soundtrack, I guess, hits a lot of the sonic um, qualities of the like uh, song placement and the songs that were curated for the show. And it also is able to, I guess, um, it is scene specific uh, as well. But I'm actually mostly, when I say this, I'm mostly talking about like the suite, like the one song that manages to go through all of these elements. And it's really beautiful. I really, I will listen to that song just for kicks. It definitely has that more high fashion element um, and almost that sense of wonder. I think that the soundtrack score and the soundtrack song, I don't, song the soundtrack and score soundtrack, the vocabulary today is simply not there, but it'd be like that sometimes, what? Um, they are both very uplifting and whether they be uplifting in a threatening sense or in a not threatening sense you know what i mean like that depends a lot on the visuals so vogue by madonna could be an incredibly uplifting song but with the visuals it's very threatening and in the way that um theodore shapiro does his score and centers that uh scene with vogue in it around the scenes that are scored like between or like around that scene I guess that those scores and the placement of those scored of the composed songs works really well to determine the fact that the tone of the scene that has Vogue in it is not in fact uplifting it's actually really like threatening specifically to Andy and to other characters <laughs> no spoilers even though it came out in 2006 um but I'm blanking a lot today. Can't wait to edit this for Spotify. But the... What is going on? Okay, I'm sorry. Streamlabs is being annoying. Give me like one second. I'm really sorry. It will literally take me five seconds to fix this. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hi, new viewer. I'm going to take a, like, a 10 second break to fix Streamlabs. Hold up. All right, so it looks like it's my poll that's acting up. Um, if you have seen the poll and voted in the poll, like, let me know. I might close it because it's really messing up my Streamlabs for some reason. But yeah, anyway, um, I think that the use of, as I said before, the indie rock female pop, what, of the mid-2000s is used really well. Um, I just love that opening sequence so much. I think it is one of the most beautiful opening sequences of all time simply because it has such good music and song placement i just think that the song placement makes that scene because you could do anything with that but you choose this incredibly hopeful song like incredibly hopeful song and you sort of understand the there's a ritualistic aspect to getting ready in the morning right and andy's just so completely different from everything else that's occurring in the scene that 
you kind of want to root for her because it's like oh like look at the underdog and like oh she's like the like naive person like she's not like part of this like upper world of fashion you don't even really know that she's going to interview at a fashion magazine until the sequence ends and the song ends um so you have that nice juxtaposition but the fact that the song that's chosen is so hopeful is so um helpful i guess in making andy seem likable and you want to root for her she has this hope you have this hope like you don't really know what's going on but she's like it establishes her really well as this like go-getter just graduated northwestern like up-and-coming writer in new york like doing her thing like and she's cool she's not she's not like other girls like she's cool like she's a normal person and it establishes that so, so well at the beginning that honestly, the first few times I watched this movie as like, I guess, an adult and like a film viewer and not like on a plane as a child or like as a like young teenager, I guess, you, it's really, this I think sequence establishes that theme so much that it's a lot harder to like dislike Andy once the film goes on it's really hard to do it because you have this like first 30 minutes of the film almost you see her go from this completely naive person to somebody who's basically abused at her workplace but the music sort of clouds that to be this hopeful um rising up of this like amazing um i guess uh congratulations you conquered like people respect you now, like, you have this great job, like, you're fitting in finally, that sort of thing, and the music is so sort of hopeful and uplifting, but still kind of, like, elevates in its framed status, I guess, like, uh, that transition sees the music be, um, placed specifically so that the status of the scene feels more elevated, and you start to see Andy rise in status with the song placement as well does that make sense i think it does ask any questions in chat if you want but the whole notion of um i guess andy being this small town girl etc not small town girl but like this naivete of being in the big city like you don't want to give that up and it's a very slow move through that transition and through that evolution for her and if you look at the soundtrack that i sent out which was supposed to send again i hate it here there we go um what is happening why isn't anything sending i don't understand my chatbot is on what the heck you you can like look at the songs and see how they go like you have vogue and then tray tray chic like magnifique tre 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 chic like really you have another madonna song you have how come which is framed in a specific way um and then it sort of goes into more like um you can see when she's like succeeding in her career because the music gets a different type of hopeful because it's like oh my gosh everything's finally paying off but then you also have these upbeat songs that are like framed in a very dark way toward the end because you see that like naivete and hope just kind of die and the themes reflect back similarly, I guess. Um, I don't know. And I think 
the only thing about the soundtrack that sort of like it's not even the soundtrack i guess it's more of the placement that makes me a little like sad i guess and it has a little bit to do with the writing as well is the fact that we don't really see emily get like emily who's uh andy's i guess superior assistant like miranda Priestley, meryl streep her first assistant and then andy's his second assistant you don't really see her get any form of she has a very emotional journey but she has no music behind it and a lot of in my opinion the music is completely based from andy's point of view on the entire situation i really don't see music being used for any other character besides andy and the types of music being used for anybody else's journey like i don't know miranda has a huge journey nigel has a huge journey emily has a huge journey andy's horrible atrocious boyfriend has a huge journey i really don't like him i'm sorry like i don't know it just it 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 it's a whole different ball game there that's a whole other discussion but they don't have their own music and the music rarely i guess in my opinion plays when andy is interacting with these people so a lot of it is from andy's perspective almost solo and maybe it'll play after a scene happens between her and someone else or it'll play like in a sequence leading to the gala or a sequence leading to her in paris or a sequence leading to her going into a like interview for the first time that the 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 emphasis on sequence in the show um and montage as well is heavily heavily driven by the music and without the music that was being chosen and the evolution of genre and the evolution of framing um and the evolution of its importance and emotional i guess resonance in the scene those montages and sequences would never really make sense but the thing about them is a lot of them are sort of exploring andy's character and her perspective and because so much of the music is based in these montages and um sequences you don't really get a lot of musical stylings for other people you know there's not really many songs that are played specifically during intense conversations like with her and the hot writer whose name i can't remember or her and her boyfriend nate 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 i hate nate i'm really sorry anyway um or they're they're maybe they're playing in the background at a party but there's no way that in my opinion that song is actually placed there to emphasize that relationship specifically most of the songs that i personally think have that evolutionary impact are in either quieter scenes or sequences and montages and again sequences and montages are crucial to this film for it to be successful in its character development of andy and the music that is chosen for those montages and sequence is also crucial for that because they are from andy's perspective so you get to see through her perspective via the genres and the framing of these music of these song choices in the sequence and via the fact that like now because you've been like looking through her perspective the whole time it's hard to see the fact that like she's become the thing she hated until like nate points it out who again we don't have to talk about nate that's for a different day that's for that's for social media that's not for this show that's not what this show is about but because of that you don't get it from a lot of people but i think you you don't get uh soundtracks 
specific um, emotional notes, really, for, for and from other people. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's not, like, I love when music can be used in its, like, leitmotif status. So you have a character who's super, um, has, I guess, a score with specific genres um, that is specific to them. Or they have a theme. Or, um, let me read the official definition of leitmotif because I will mess it up. Um, but it's basically a musical motif that has more significant meaning for the narrative. A recurrent theme throughout a musical or literary composition associated with a particular person, idea, or situation. So, there you go. Um, I love when scores, both um, composed scores and, uh, I guess, soundtrack that scores a scene. I need to straighten out my vocabulary, but you get the point. They have this leitmotif. It's like my favorite thing in music in media. It is my favorite, favorite thing. And there are a couple of composers who do that really well. I think Theodore uh, Shapiro doesn't place a lot of emphasis on that. Um, I think the emphasis of um, evolution and growth of genre is more prominent. And I again, I don't think that leitmotif is necessarily important, but I would have really liked to see different musical stylings for specific people and conversations because so much of Andy's growth is through the people she interacts with. Like, she becomes a lot closer with Emily the more she integrates into the high fashion lifestyle, yet she draws so much further from her friends and from her boyfriend, and that distance, ooh, that distance isn't really scored from any perspective other than Andy's. There are, like, some sad moments after Nate is, like, horrible, like, and they get in a fight and they break up or whatever, um, but again, a lot of those are score. But it's all from Andy's perspective. Like, there's no, I don't know, there's not really a diversity in that. And I think that may or may not have been intentional. Um, I don't know, I would have liked to see it, but it's not like it removes any value from the existing soundtrack. I just think it would be interesting. But yeah, I would love to take questions right now. If anyone has any questions, feel free to type them in chat or any opinions on this movie. It is one of my favorites. It is 100% one of my favorite soundtracks. Like, I listen to this. Like, City of Blinding Lights has become my song for, like, when I'm driving, like, in the city or on the, like, freeway, at specifically at night, which is how it is portrayed in the film. Like, that is, it's Paris at night. Like, it is amazing. And I think that the genre diversity yet thematic consistency of this soundtrack specifically really contributes to the way that we see Andy evolve and the way that we understand her perspective and really why it's so hard to like understand like it's it's kind of hard to understand that you are like that she is becoming this person like Nate really outright says that and I don't know if that's a writing thing I don't know if that's a whatever but like if Nate hadn't said that, it would be, in my opinion, a lot more difficult to tell because the music is such a slow um, buildup of character development through what Andy is experiencing and the framing of the music uh, within, I guess, um, compositions, but also within uh, uh, the soundtrack song, the song placement itself with the visuals of the scene incredibly incredibly important to understanding her growth but 
because of the way that that flows, it's almost really hard to notice that she's like become this thing that she hates. Um, because again, you still want to root for her because of that opening sequence, which literally, in my opinion, is one of the most prominent opening sequences in, in film. That is something you can fully argue with me about. I, I respect everyone's opinion, but yeah, I don't know. I will be taking questions. Kind of a short show today because I don't really know what else there is to talk about, um, with this soundtrack. I think I covered all the points pretty quickly. Um, so if you want me to go into depth on any more of those, let me know. If you have any questions, let me know. If you could actually do me a favor right now and type in chat, like, ugh, let me check the widgets, etc. So I want to see if anyone voted in the poll. Nobody voted in the poll. What is this? Is the poll even going out? I am so confused. Right, exactly. Okay, so I have a poll set on my like chat bot that does not want to go out what is going on um what okay hold on i like actually hate it here what okay i can't like link to the poll um Basically, the poll is saying, I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm sorry. Okay, hold on. It's saying every five lines. Five lines? Five lines. LMAO. I wonder if it has to be from different people. I have no idea. Anyway, I digress. I don't know why it's doing this. It's frustrating. But the poll was basically saying, and if you want to answer in chat, I would love that, that... Uh, this is potentially because the summer is pretty much over unless we want to do it by solstice and equinox, which I mean, honestly, I would be down for that. But for a lot of people like going back to school, does Meryl Streep have a motif? Let me quickly go over this poll and then I will answer that question because I think that's a very good question and definitely something to think about because I don't, I'll talk that through. Hold on. Um, but yeah, it was basically, like, because this is ending, this type of show is, the summer is, like, over because people are going back to school, etc., back to work. Do you want to continue with soundtrack with specific shows, or do you want to return to a more thematic format? I said this a little bit at the beginning, but I got an idea from a family member on Facebook to do, like, TV themes throughout history, and I love that theme. I was thinking about doing something similar in the spring, um... The only thing about that is I really want to be able to play them. So that is like kind of frustrating, but I love that idea and would love to continue to do more of that. But would you like to see more soundtrack specific shows, which are like no lies, a lot easier for me to do just mentally, like the way that I my brain works or more thematic things like scoring space or the other show uh, the other shows than I did in the spring whatever those were or would you like rather see a mix I don't know I I, I have a very horrible post pulse on my listener base so let me know in chat but yes does Meryl Streep have a motif I think she has a motif throughout the composition I think her like um I think Theodore Shapiro does a like composition motif let me see if i can find his specific album for this soundtrack but 
yeah okay lol so the soundtrack that was released um has like zero of the songs here is the actual album that was released i don't there are a lot of songs that were left off for whatever reason i don't know i don't want to assume um but there are a lot of songs that were left off like <laughs> a lot of songs that were left off there's also a um devil wears prada orchestral oscar edition so i'm not totally sure what that means but i think a lot of her meryl streep specifically like miranda Priestley's sonic motif comes through in the set like the score i think that her sonic motifs are very slow they're a little bit almost i don't want to say like 90 spy movies but they're very oh, i want to play music so badly um they're very tailored towards andy's perspective of her in my opinion so like to name some songs it's like a plane for miranda she hates me nigel like um the book to my home tonight andrea like um you know what I, like it's just very uh it's it, definitely andy's perspective on uh miranda in my opinion i do also think that there are some I don't know there her presence in the soundtrack kind of comes through in the threatening presence of the way that some of the songs are framed so like um during all the fashion shows and the the one where she's like not she like does the the lip pouting and they like redo the collection i don't remember what song that was um wow but it was it was one of the multiple high fashion ballroom almost club beats taken from the queer community type of vibe <laughs> situations but those songs are framed in this very threatening manner because they showcase so much of Miranda's like distaste for what other people are doing so I think it's less of like things being told from Miranda's perspective and more of like how Andy sees Miranda which again the movie is based off of Andy's perspective so I can understand why this decision was made but I also think that her, uh, Miranda's motifs are very, um, I don't know how to say this, like, kindly, but they're very, uh, judgmental in Andy's eyes. Like, there's no, there's very little, um, I guess, uh, faceted, uh, sonic composition, I guess, because it's all, like, kind of threatening and scary and high fashion it's not threatening in like a horror film score way but it's a little bit threatening in terms of like she is a scary woman she is really horrible to andy like just kind of awful so it has that but if you also look at the end like the last scene where she sees miranda she like smiles at miranda from across the street um the song that plays there and the score that leads up to it um just like absolutely it has that same hope and that same recognition but specifically the score that plays up to it um and the score that there's i don't think there's score that plays out of it but the score like almost right before that scene has a very sentimental and calm vibe to it and then it kind of goes into this more i don't want to say hopeful optimistic again but it has this sort of piece to it that perhaps um we i don't really think we saw before in any scene where um specifically andy or anyone really is talking to 
uh, Miranda. But if you think back to the beginning and when they're all rushing to, because they're like, Miranda's coming, da, 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 the score that plays there has that kind of like hyperactive, um, God, I wish I could play music. I'm honestly, we'll see what I do. But I believe that that, um, I guess if you listen to that one song, which let me find the name of it. Can we not? Can we just have Spotify work? Yeah, she's on her way. So it's like the first song on the soundtrack, the score soundtrack. Um, and it's very frenetic. It's very um, kind of upbeat, but also very mysterious. There's like some minor, minor key um, reliance, I want to say. But that sort of frenetic energy turns a little bit into um like slow fear I don't I don't know how to say it I don't know how to say it it's like a slow fear it's it evolves from this um threatening anxiety to this threatening um almost roadblock because it's like Andy goes from being like very scared of Miranda to being um like threatened almost by Miranda like Miranda makes concerted efforts to take her down um, as opposed to um, Miranda just, which hurts her not interacting with Miranda at all. Um, and then she goes to this understanding of Miranda, right? In a very, in a very, very, very simple broken down sense. Um, but the music itself, as I said, a lot of them have, <laughs> have a lot to do with Andy talking or being in situations um, about Miranda and having to deal with Miranda um and the music I I yeah I think it goes from this frenetic thing to this almost creepy situation but it's also very like it's very suspenseful it's very um elevated almost I don't know how it Miranda is portrayed oh I'm so sorry I hit the mic Miranda is portrayed in a very elegant untouchable way I think the music goes from the frenetic anxiety of Andy and the rest of the individuals working for her trying to make her happy to this um elevated graceful untouchable um score that surrounds her because Andy starts to understand her more and she starts to form this relationship very toxic one but a relationship with her and then towards the end the music gets a little bit more like, you start to feel bad for Miranda because of everything that happens with the magazine and that kind of thing. And so the music becomes a little bit more understanding so that by that final song, which is called... Oh, it is the end titles. I am ridiculous. I knew it. I was like, I think there's something after it, but I don't know. No, it is the end titles. I lied. I'm sorry. But that sort of, like, more calm music that's still upbeat, but there's, like, no, there's no threat there. There's no threat there. There's no, it's just a very peaceful, mutual understanding. And it has a little bit of that hope that I was saying before. Um, again, not really optimism, but a little bit of like hope and calm and release that the soundtrack that is framed at the end of the movie, the songs that are framed towards the end of the movie and towards the beginning of the movie have. So that was a very long answer and I hope it made some sense. Um, but yeah, thank you for asking. I appreciate that a lot. I love questions. Um, it's also 6.51, so I love filling up time with questions too because I always feel bad when I end, you know, at a specific 
like length i want the show to be an hour but sometimes there's just i get through material really quickly and again all i want to do is a boom play music like i just want to do it so mm, as i drink water in the mic um but yeah i don't know if i'm gonna give y'all a minute to ask me questions i'm gonna see what's happening with this poll if not i'll go to my twitch main and just put a poll on the main page um and see what's happening i don't know what's happening i don't know if it's i'm i'm frustrated with this stream labs hello how are you hello how are you hello how are you yeah i don't know if the poll is gonna like pop up at all because i've definitely had five chat lines through different people maybe no no um but yeah i don't know i can definitely put it on um the actual i guess uh channel page and i also need to figure out what's going on with my anchor and i also want to see if i can do this with music or on instagram live or something similar um oh as long as on twitch i might move to youtube really everything is up in the air at the moment it has been up in the air since about march and with changing developments in music rights we do have options and i want to we have a lot more options than we did but also a lot less options we have different options so now you have twitch panels stop it the disrespect i am frustrated okay well it's not letting me click on anything oh my streamlabs is frozen okay well i don't know if (laughs) i don't know if you can still hear me everything is frozen um but i'm gonna end the stream i'm gonna put out some polls on socials um keep stay tuned for that again um yeah, I will, I will see how that goes. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate the questions. Thank you for staying. I love you so much. I will hopefully see you next week. That is the goal. All right. Have a good night. Have a good day. Take care of yourselves. Love you. Bye.